Welcome to the Keep Growing at UF podcast. I'm Kara. And I'm Brandon. We are trainers on the UF HR training and organizational development team. Training and organizational development has identified key skills that faculty and staff can develop as individuals and as leaders. The Keep Growing podcast will present some of our team's trainings in an audio format so that you can listen and learn at your convenience. Change happens. It's a real, concrete part of life that we sometimes wish would just go away, or at least slow down. Now more than ever, we are dealing with rapid-fire change and it is having an impact on our lives both professionally and personally. On this episode, we'll review the change cycle, a helpful model that explains the sequential steps to change and discuss ways to manage change in helpful and productive ways. This webinar was originally presented by Courtney Moon and Becky Younglove on June 25th, 2020. All right, well, good morning and welcome. Uh, it's good to have so many people on with us today for this uh, kind of combination webinar and then strategy sharing session at the end. So we just want to start off by saying welcome and good morning. My name is Becky Younglove. Uh, I'm one of the leadership development professionals on the training and organizational development team, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Courtney Moon. Good morning. You can see I'm in a high-rise office, and she's over in a, a library, right? Is that a library, Courtney? Yeah. So it's fun to travel all around during these times of remote work. So we're really excited to have you guys join us today. Um, and we're going to go ahead and get started with our session on manage change before it manages you. So we're going to start off by just kind of talking a little bit about um, sort of what started the, the interest in us having this session with you today. Of course, we've all been a part of, you know, a lot of changes that are going on right now in the recent months in our world. I think to say the world is changing almost feels like an understatement at times, doesn't it, Courtney? <laughs> Um, and we've all endured rapid change, and, and at times that change maybe has uh, felt good and needed, maybe even a little exciting when there's some movement to some needed change that, ha that has come about because of challenging times. And at other times we probably felt that it's really excruciating and maybe even heartbreaking. Um, and what many of us realize is we continue to endure more change uh, that we know is coming in the weeks and months and years ahead of us, um, while we're experiencing change, a lot of what we um, experience is outside of our control, right? But uh, we hope that one of the things that interested you about the session today is, you know, trying to get a sense, a little handle on how we can have a better grasp of what's happening when we're experiencing change so that we can start to at least have a little greater control over our response to it and maybe even discover some ways in which we can manage change so that uh, it's a little more helpful and productive as a result. Uh, so when we're talking about change, Courtney and I like to kind of ground ourselves. We oftentimes present on this topic with some of the things that we know about change because there are some things that are consistent. Uh, one of those things is that usually change comes at us by one of two ways, right? Sometimes it's an outside force. Uh, sometimes it's an internal decision. Uh, and so it's interesting to kind of reflect on how we experience change in those different ways. Like a pandemic, you know, comes at everybody from an outside force, you know. None of us really had the option to hit that button and go, nah, I'm good. I'm going to I'm just sit this one out, right? Um, but we do have a lot of choice with the change in our lives and things like, you know, getting married or maybe deciding to start a family, you know, maybe moving to a new place or taking on a new job. 
we know that self-chosen change tends to be a little bit easier. Um, and that any time we experience change where there's a, an impact on relationships, it tends to be a little more challenging. But that external change is oftentimes more challenging as well, right? Because it's kind of coming at us. We don't always have a lot of information about it. We're not necessarily asking for it, right? Um, but we also know that we are who we are because of change. And for me, that sometimes is, is helpful to remember, to remind myself of, and to reflect on um, that my lived experiences are a result of all the changes that I've gone through. And so that's something that can be helpful to kind of think about and reflect back on. And there is one thing that we can always count on, as you guys would probably concur with us today, right? The one thing that is consistent is that we will always have change, right? We always are going to be experiencing change. So as we think about how we manage change, both in our professional lives, but also in our personal lives. Um, as I said, we've found that it's a, a little helpful to carve out some time and space. So we're excited that you're able to join us today for some of that. Um, and, and we'll spend some time maybe reflecting on the natural processes that we all go through and experience related to change. And then how we can sort of shift our focus um, to the things that are within our control and, and adapt and move with those changes. So part of it's sort of reflecting and then recognizing um, what's natural, what's um, expected and normal about change, and that sometimes can be helpful just in and of itself. And then shifting our focus to the things that we do have control over that will help us to sort of adapt and move with those changes. And so we hope that you uh, leave this session today with a little greater understanding of how you can manage change in your lives. All right, so here's just a glimpse at what we're going to cover today in our time together. Uh, the first portion, we're going to talk through a model for change called the change cycle. Uh, we're going to go ahead and record that first part of the session, so we do want to make you aware of that. Um, it's going to be hopefully a helpful thing to be able to refer back to later. We're going to post it on our Keep Growing site as a resource, as sort of a webinar resource or recording. So you can refer back to that later. You don't have to feel like you have to take copious notes right now. Um, that'll be available for you to refer back to. And then after that, we're going to engage in some small group discussions, kind of process the information, and then have a chance to, to think through how it applies to you, but also hear from others, right, across this great University of Florida um, to build a little greater sense of connection and community across what we all experience uh, together. So this is a, an image of our change model that we're going to go through today. And the model is intentionally uh, put out into this cycle because it represents the cyclical nature of change. Uh, there are six sequential and predictable stages that come along with change. And you'll see those in the outer areas of the circle in the blue there, stage one, two, three, on to six. Um, and then right below that stage, we have um, the primary uh, sort of thing that we associate with that stage or experience that we associate with that stage. So in that, in that sense, we see like in stage one, the primary focus is in on loss. We're going to kind of talk through the stages of change. Again, hopefully you'll find that this is helpful to think through how you've experienced change and how you can sort of manage it moving forward. The inside pie pieces, just so you can kind of become more familiar with the, the visual itself, those represent the thoughts and feelings and behaviors associated with each stage within the change cycle. And you'll notice that it is very colorful. Uh, it does catch our eye. But the colors that are used in the change cycle, change cycle are actually intentionally 
um, used to kind of mirror that of a traffic light because it associates us with the actions that we might take at a traffic light. So, for example, you know, at a red light, just like stages one and two, what do you typically do, right? Usually most of us see a red light and that's uh, a sign of, wow, I need to stop because otherwise I would put myself at risk, right? I might get into an accident or hurt myself or others, right? And as the same thing that we do within stages one and two of the change cycle, if we fail to stop uh, and experience those things related to the, the loss and the doubt associated with the change, it can become really hard to move past that. So it's really important to note that that's natural. It's a part of what we experience um, and we have to take the time to do those things. And then as we move over to stages three and four, that is our yellow caution light, right? And so at a yellow light, you know, some of us, like, let's see, Courtney, which one do you do, up or down? She goes up. Okay, I'm a down person. So uh, when I see a yellow light, I hit the brakes. <laughs> Sometimes too much so that my husband says, you're ruining your brakes. Um, but if I see a yellow light, I'm definitely going to slow down and, and stop because I'm going to make, make sure that I do not go through that yellow light. Others of us hit the gas and speed up a little bit, right, so we can get through that yellow light in time. Um, and, and that's what happens in the yellow stages of three and four as well. Right? We experience difficulty sometimes in this part uh, in making choices. We need to proceed with caution. Um, and then we need to avoid this thing right there in the center. You see that, that, that red slice called the danger zone. We'll talk a little bit more about what that means and, and how it impacts how we respond to change. And then at a green light, typically most of us move through freely, right? There's little risk little risk, not always, you know, completely risk-free, as some of us have known, if you've ever been through a green light and, and had somebody not stop at a red light, right, it's not fun, um, but typically we experience um, a little more freedom to move and little risk, uh, and at this point in the change, you're able to move more easily with it and, and kind of complete the change cycle successfully with that change. So that's kind of an overview of the model of the change cycle itself. And what we'd like to do is kind of take you through each one of um, those areas, the red, the yellow, and then green, and just talk a little bit more about what that means for us as we're experiencing each stage. All right, so I'm going to turn it over to my pal Courtney to talk us through the red zone. All right. Well, thank you, Becky. As she mentioned, first up in the, the model itself, we do get into this red zone here where very similar to if we were approaching a traffic light, this is often the time where, where we stop. Um, in stage one, the primary focus is loss. We find out about the change and we go to this place of loss. What does this mean for myself? What does this mean for others? So we do feel like we're losing something as a result of the change. And, and physically, it often does cause us to, to stop in that moment. Here we find feelings of fear, thoughts are very cautious, and our behavior becomes almost paralyzed at this time, where it's really hard to, to do much, to think about anything other than the change and how much of an impact it is having on us. Um, we become very cautious, believing that this change could hurt us again or hurt others in some ways. And in many ways, that paralyzation means that we're freezing in place looking for a, a safety net. It really is our brain's way of telling us that we need to look after our most basic needs are our, our self. We need to create security. We need to find safety. 
And so what happens during this uh, this first initial stage is we're also searching for, for information. We're trying to decipher between what is real, what's fact, what might be opinion or hearsay, and that can be really difficult at times. But we find that information is really key in order to, to move us through this first particular stage. The good news is often we don't spend that much time in stage one because very early on we start to ask questions about what's changing, about what that impact will be for myself or others. And we start to get information a little bit at a time that will begin to move us then into the next stage. And this particular stage is referred to as, as doubt. The primary focus is doubt here. And this is where we start to get a little bit more information about the change, but then we become very skeptical that the change is actually good. We think that it's going to create more problems, maybe it was designed to take advantage of us, but we're doubtful that this change is good. So it creates feelings of resentment here. Thoughts are very skeptical. And what we find here is that our behavior is resistant at this time. And this is where we will start to experience resistance as we're going through change with others. We see high levels of resistance go up as well. And there can be a variety of reasons for why we might feel resentful about the change. But this is often a place, too, where unfortunately people begin to get angry, they blame others, maybe they fight to prove that their way or the old way is better. There really is a, a sense of wanting to return to what was and wanting to work as hard as possible against the change to stop it from moving forward in the, the first place. And so because of that resistance, oftentimes it, it might slow down that change a little bit. But again, what we know is sometimes change is so large and because of its external forces, it's hard for us to slow down that change. And so what we see here is actually some real negativity related to the change itself. Again, thinking that it's only going to create problems, that it's going to be bad for myself, bad for others at this time. And it's also a sign or a place where we can stop and pause and realize that with this resentment, with this skepticism, it really is a sign that we need more information. And information is really the, the key here. Again, er, information early on about what is changing and what's that impact. And then as we move into stage two, information for ourselves so that we can start to understand what are those causes of resistance? Why am I feeling so resistant at this time? And if I can recognize some of the reasons for that, then what we find is that we do start to, to move into the, the yellow zone next. All right, thank you, Courtney. So as we get a little bit more information, like Courtney said, about what that change sort of means for us, that we start to move into stage three. Again, this is the, the yellow light. So it, some of us, we entered this place um, and, you know, we do one of two things. We speed up or slow down, right? So stage three is really all about kind of the breaking down or the breaking through with the change. In this stage, we, our brain is trying to work to, to organize some of the information that we've, we've now sought that's coming in, right? We try to organize it and make sense of it, categorize it in some way. What does this mean for me? Where does it fit into my life? Um, so we take that information that we've collected, kind of organize it, make sense of it. What most people, um, don't realize is that that's what's happening during this time, right? And so because it's sort of like, I'm not really sure where this fits in, how this is going to work for me, we start to experience some of these feelings of discomfort and anxiety, sometimes even confusion because we're not quite sure where things are going to work or how they're going to work. Um, and oftentimes we see that our behavior becomes a little more, a little less productive, sometimes dramatically less productive as some of us experienced with, with some dramatic changes that we've had in our lives recently, right? 
in stage three, it's really easy to worry, uh, to worry about how the change is going to fit into your life. Um, it's even, it's very easy to kind of fret over, you know, what the future might look like or uh, small things related to the change. It's going to be difficult sometimes for you to get things done. And, and you might even find yourself kind of falling behind on your to-do list altogether, which then creates a little more angst, a little more anxiety, more discomfort. Um, and, and that can be important to recognize, right? This is a really important stage for recognition because if we don't recognize that this is where we're at, that we've got some information, maybe not everything we need, we're not sure how it's all going to fit in yet, but we've got some information. If we don't pay attention to that, then we fall into this trap of the danger zone. So I want to point out this lovely little slice of red right in there in the middle of our, our yellow uh, zone here with stages three and four, right between the two. This is called the danger zone, and the danger zone is not really a place. It's it's more of a um, condition. It's a condition that describes the process of us getting stuck in stage three for too long, right? If we stay there too long and get these feelings of anxiety and discomfort and confusion, lack of productivity, right? You can imagine then your your shift of your feelings starts to focus to get sucked into that danger zone and go back up into the stage one loss where we're starting to feel that lack of safety, that fear that this isn't good, something bad is happening. And then what's really uh, unfortunate about falling into that trap is that then we go through the terrible pattern of, of negatively experiencing stages one, two, and three all over again. So the goal with stage three is really important to recognize that it's okay for things to be uncertain. It might not feel good. You might have that anxiety, but recognizing that you're feeling it and that's a natural part of the process is necessary. Um, you can't expect at this point to know everything about the change and what it means for you. And you can't expect everything to be perfect, right, initially. One of the most helpful ways to move from stage three into stage four is to create small wins for yourself, right? Little, little things that you can check off and say, okay, well, I, now I kind of know how this is going to work. And so that takes just a small step forward and we start to move past into stage four. Those short-term goals um, really help to move through that uncertainty. Um, so you want to think about when you're in stage three, what, what do I need to be able to accomplish to get some of those small wins? What are some of those opportunities that will help me to just take a small step forward? Again, it's not about big things. It's not about being totally comfortable with the change yet. It's just small wins along the way that will move you along to stage four. When we reach stage four, it's interesting. It's still yellow, right? We're still in that caution zone. But, but the primary... Thing that we're focusing on here is discovery, right? That's the primary thing we associate with stage four. It's where you start to have a little bit more, more positive talk about the change, right? At this point, you're, you're starting to maybe anticipate it a little bit. You can start to kind of make sense of how the change is going to work for you. Um, maybe you don't have all the information, but you're starting to see how it's going to kind of fit together. Your, start, your thoughts can start to become a lot more creative at this point. You might be thinking about, well, maybe I could do this, or maybe we could do that. You start to implement some of those action steps and your behavior starts to be a little more energized at this point, right? You start to see kind of the light at the end of the tunnel. You know you're not there yet, but you can see that there's possibility ahead, that there's something to look forward to. During this time, it's really important to stay connected to your own personal values because they're going to help to provide that direction as you continue to move forward. And that can be very humbling as you experience this change. And that moves us into the green zone, Courtney. 
All right. Well, as we get into the green zone, as, as Becky mentioned, there's a, a lot of momentum to be gained from being in that stage of discovery and really starting to find some bright spots associated with the change that you move very easily or with a, a great amount of ease into that green zone. And again, it's it's green for a, a reason as we're just really moving forward at this time. At this point, many folks really stop talking about the change as a, a change, and in some ways it starts to become a, a new norm for them in terms of what's been changed. But in stage five, you start to experience a deeper level of understanding. And one of the things I want to emphasize with the, the change cycle, and what you'll notice is there's not this stage called, I love the change. And what we know is that we might always reflect back on the time before the change or before something was changed to say, you know, I really liked how things were previously. It's not about getting to this place of loving whatever has been changed, but it really is about getting to this higher stage of, of integration. So as we get into stage five, we experience that deeper level of understanding. You become more confident or you regain some of that confidence that maybe you feel like you lost early on in the change. You, be, you start to feel more confident as well as competent here, and you can concentrate on the practical results of the value of the change as your productivity increases. And for many, they will notice as they move through stage four into the, the green zone where they do see a significant increase in their productivity. In many ways, you're, you're able to return back to those levels of productivity that were high before the, the change itself. You know, be able to start to apply or implement all that you've learned about the change at this time. Again, it's not necessarily about loving the change, but it is about integration. And this is also a time to reach out to others, discuss the, the benefits of the change. There will, you know, no doubt be different challenges that still continue to, to come about at this time as you move forward. They can start to reemphasize the need or the reason for the change, maybe recognize how you got there and where you're going still, um, and find ways that you can mark some of your success along the way. As we are in stage six here, this final stage, again, the change no longer seems like the change or different or, or unfamiliar. And so as a result of this, you do see an increased uh, sense of satisfaction, uh, more focus, your behavior is very generous at this time, giving of yourself and being able to help others also to move through this change. And one final thing to note with the change cycle itself is just around the, the pace that each of us will experience the cycle. What we know is that because we're all individuals individuals, right, we will experience that change as individuals. And for some of us, we'll move at a faster pace through this cycle. For others, we'll spend more time in some of those stages maybe than others. And what we know in particular is that if you are responsible for the change or you're leading a large aspect of the, the change itself, uh, making decisions related to the change, that oftentimes you are farther ahead in that change cycle than, than maybe others, especially at the time that you introduce things that are related to the change itself. And this can be one of the things that's difficult at times with changes. We are all at these different stages. However, understanding these changes helps us to then be able to help others in a, a deeper way. We're able to understand some of those changes and what they might be feeling, thinking, or experiencing at that time. And not only is it helpful for ourselves, right, but again, we can then start to become that lifeline for others to help them as they are experiencing some of these different stages with the change itself. 
Yeah, thank you, Courtney. And I think another thing to note with the, the change cycle as a whole, too, is that, you know, different changes, we, we kind of run through this, you know, cycle in different ways as well. So we have like our own sort of preferences and natural styles and ways in which we respond to change, but then also depending on the change itself. I know I, I usually tell the story when I first came to the University of Florida, and, and I didn't know this model at the time, but when I first heard Courtney explain it, I thought back to my first week at UF, and I was like, oh, day one, Monday was stage one, and I could just like see myself walking through those feelings of fear and loss. What did I do to myself? Why did I do this? This isn't going to be good. I don't know anyone. I don't know my job. And, and each day of that first week, it was like Monday, Tuesday, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, but, and I kind of moved through, you know, the majority of the difficult areas of the change cycle. So it depends on the change as well, as far as how, how rapidly you're able to kind of progress and move through the change. Also your own experiences with change, right? We know that those of us have experienced, um, you know, a lot of change that maybe could be perceived as negative or that they experience in a negative way. They might have a little more difficulty moving with a lot of change. Um, or if you haven't experienced a lot of change at all, right, that can also have an impact in how, how quickly you're able to move through the different stages of change. Awesome. Well, thank you, Courtney, for helping to walk us through that explanation of the change cycle. We hope that that was helpful to kind of get a better understanding of some of, again, those natural sequential, you know, stages that we kind of go through and the thoughts and feelings and behaviors that kind of come along with each one of those stages. It helps us to kind of normalize the process of experiencing change. I know in our department at HR, we typically throw this change cycle up uh, at least a couple of times a year to talk through something that we're experiencing, whether it's a move in location or, you know, a pandemic that's come at us. And we, we find it helpful to kind of bring this back up and reflect on the ways in which we're experiencing that change and then help us to move forward.